Ah, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Another one of our EKN Debrief podcasts here on the EKN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howden, joined by David Cole for episode number 18, March the 7th. Uh, just a couple days past the Supercarts USA Pro Tour opener at the Winter Nationals, round number one and two, essentially, of the Pro Tour this year. NOLA Motorsports Park. Uh, and we will be going into what I think will be a pretty interesting debrief as David and I will break down some of the action. There's a lot of great racing. Uh, there was some controversy as well in terms of rough driving. We'll talk a bit about that. There's going to be, I think, a lot of things happening over the next couple of months before uh, we head to the Spring Nationals. Again, welcome to everyone listening here on the EKN Radio Network. The podcast really starting to get things rolling, kind of starting to take root. We've got a lot of different uh, people listening in, better numbers, even increased numbers. Thank you for that. And of course, if you are tuning on iTunes, do us a favor. Make sure you leave a comment. Uh, rate us, do whatever you got to do. We want to get more people listening to the broadcast. It's been great so far. And again, these debrief podcasts focus strictly on one particular event. Of course, David and I at the Scusa Winter Nationals this past weekend. This week's show brought to you by Rawlison Performance Group. RPG is a leading race team in North American karting and one that focuses heavily on driver development and hands-on coaching. We race to win. In 2018, Rawlison Performance Group will be running the Scusa Pro Tour, the California Pro Kart Challenge, the Can-Am Karting Challenge, and of course, the Scusa Super Nationals. At the Winter Nationals, they took home two wins, seven podiums, and 13 top five finishes. When you decide you're ready to succeed, call the Rawlison Performance Group. Visit us online at rawlisonperformancegroup.com and follow us on social media. All right, David, there's the intro. Time to bring you in, my friend, David Cole. Uh, are you rested up? It was a good weekend at New Orleans. It was a good weekend. It was hard to get there and right. <laughs> a little tiring coming back home. But Let's talk about uh, that. I, no, let's we, talk we, about we, I got them. Let's talk, right. let's talk about that. It was easy for me to get there. Direct flight from Toronto, cruised in, all good, getting ready to pick you up at the airport. Not so much, David Cole, going through Detroit. Yeah, the weather system just kind of anchored down in Detroit and uh, got well over probably six inches of snow in 14 hours. And it was just a, kind of a whiteout. And so they they grounded me before I could even leave Grand Rapids to go to Detroit, which thinking, you know, I'd rather go to Detroit than Atlanta or Minneapolis, thinking it'd be nice and easy. Well, it wasn't. So got stuck <laughs> there uh, overnight Thursday uh, after multiple changes in flights and, and rebookings to different airlines and finally got on a flight uh, Friday morning for uh for Nola. So it was good to get there. Uh, you know what? I, I was thinking about you when you were not there. Of course, I'm by myself on, on Thursday night. I had dinner. I'm like, yeah, Dave's just going to get a hotel and hook back up. But no, you're Delta. So they put you on United. So you got to go to a different terminal, check back out. Then United gets you back. You end up coming back over to to, to Delta. Dude, you, you put some miles on the running shoes for that weekend. Yeah. For that day. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. And, you know, the people that I talked with, you know, a lot of the, uh, the, the, um, gay agents and, and check-in people were, were very nice, you know, and a thing, one thing that's different from us traveling is that, yeah, we want to get there, but it's not a necessity for me to be there Thursday night, say Friday morning, because it's not like I'm going on a vacation where I got $2,000 booked into a cruise or, you know, all these other people who are really in need of traveling and, and losing money by not getting in their flight. So, so it's a little bit more relaxing. It allows me to do some people watching, which was fun. Yeah, true enough. It's, you know, we get there when we get there. Luckily, you were able to get there early enough that uh, I didn't have to go solo 
on the happy hour. That was always nice to have you producing that. So I do appreciate you getting in at least sometime in the morning. Now, David, you know, you were able to wait as well because you went from the six inches of snow to what eventually was absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous weather in New Orleans. Couldn't Man, we've had a lot of humidity before and not even humidity. Sunny, low 70s every day, almost perfect weather for the race. It was, uh, you know, a little bit of wind, and that's that was kind of the the only downside to it. Because one, we were we were outside, we weren't in, we were in the elements, we weren't in the scoring tower, uh, as they had a lot of number of staff members in there, so it kind of filled up quickly. Uh, so being in the shade uh, was not a good deal when when the wind was strong and and blew through that area and right at us. And it was, you know, as you said, you couldn't feel your ribs because you were shattering so hard. Yeah, and the funny thing is, is you know, we were, again, as David says, we were outside in the what we call the, the Cooper Tire Broadcast Center. We were outside up on a great perch. We could see so much of the racetrack; it was fantastic. But we were probably the only people at the actual venue who were cold because everybody else—they're all in the sun. Yeah, there's breeze, but they're in the sun. It's beautiful. Of course, the Scusa staffs inside, nice and warm in there. Actually, almost too warm. And you and I are out there in the shade with the wind blistering at us, wearing shorts like dummies. I should have had my pants on. And I'm telling you, my ribs were so sore from shivering. It was, it was, I felt like an idiot saying on the PA and everybody else is out there, shorts and t-shirts, like this is a gorgeous day. And you and I are up top, totally covered in our sweatshirts, re- absolutely freezing. It was, uh, it reminded, well, it reminded a, me of Vegas because, you know, you have those nights where, you know, sun sets down and, yeah. and, you know, it was warm in the sun all day long. And then once that sun sets down, uh, it's time to bundle back up. <laughs> and so yeah, it was different. Yeah, but. But you, we didn't have, we didn't have it at Vegas. We're wearing pants, or we bring pants. We got gloves. We got the whatever you want to call it, toot, toboggan, beanie. We're wearing something on our hats to keep us warm. We were, I just wasn't ready for it. It was cold. I think you're just a pansy. <laughs> uh, that's, well, I am a, I'm from Canada. Right. I'm by no means a weather pansy. <laughs> um, let's talk numbers, as we always do off the top of these. Uh, these debrief uh, podcasts, again, a big welcome to everyone listening live here on the EKN Radio Network. Of course, this pod- podcast will be put on iTunes and Podbean down the line. David, pretty strong turnout for the start of the 2018 season. And, and you know, a drop of what? Uh, I think it was nine people from 2017 to 2018. 221 last year, 212 this year. There was a drop in, in stock Honda numbers, as we kind of expected. There's a bit of uncertainty in what's going to happen in terms of the Scusa shifter package for the, for the future. I think we, we know what's coming. The IME 175 like Scusa spec engine that they're putting together that, that has been designed for longevity, that, that's coming down the pipe. People just don't really quite know when. But, David, I think another player, I think, another factor probably was the fact that, you know, there was the Winter Series as well. There's a bunch of people that went and run, ran the Winter Series. They maybe spent some money on the Winter Series. That's what they used to dial things in as opposed to going to round number one. And, again, as we break down the numbers, you're going to see that there are some classes that were up. Some classes that were down. Overall, IAMI was up. Overall, Honda was down. But to, you know, to start the season, anytime you're over 200, you, you and I have always said, that's that higher watermark. Anything over 200, that's a major. For sure. It's it's a major. It was a major event. And and I think you're you're right in kind of the winter series. Some people went to the winter series and didn't come to to NOLA. Uh, I think micro was one of those categories where we saw bigger numbers in micro at the winter series compared to what we saw in NOLA with just 13. But also the fact of graduating drivers. Uh, we had some micros moving up to mini. We had mini drivers moving into junior. And then 
and then junior drivers moving into senior. So you always have to remember that graduation uh, factor when looking at, at the numbers. And, and you know, we, have, we haven't actually broken those down bit by bit. But, uh, you know, especially in the junior category, that, that increase from 37 to 50 had yeah. to do a lot with, with a lot of those mini drivers moving up. Yeah, you, you, we look at the numbers, uh, a little less in micro, 17 down to 13. A little less in mini swift, which is surprising. That's usually the strongest category, 41 down to 33. Uh, 37 up to 50, as you said, in junior. You know, normally Scusa will, will go pat. Normally they're always ready for 10% uh, withdrawal. Guys will cancel at the last minute. So they want 44, but it's always smart to go to 50 or 48 because you know that you're going to get a handful of guys that are going to cancel last minute. They had none of that this particular weekend, and I think they had a couple of walk-ups, ended up with 50. Uh, one up in X30 senior, 43 to 44, so a full field in, in senior. And David, pretty cool for Masters, up four, 23 drivers in the Masters category. You and I, you and I both love Masters. These are the guys that aren't going to try to go to cars next year. Uh, so there's stability in Masters racing and always good racing on track. And to see 24, almost, I mean, 23, almost 24 cars, that's a, a pretty solid start to the season for X30 Master. Yeah, we we saw a uh, a handful of drivers that were making one either their winter nationals debut or just their pro tour debut at, at all. So uh, you know, some that came from the winter series, some that have only been super nationals drivers uh, coming to uh, the winter nationals as well. So you know that that it's good to see those that number grow because we're getting more of the the thirty something drivers coming back into the sport because. There's that range between, you know, 20, 25, 30, where you're kind of, okay, I'm getting old, but I don't, so I don't really want to race these young guys. <laughs> well, and the cool thing is, I think that it, Masters racing is cool now. You know, there are guys that'll say, Travis Irving turns 30, 31, boom, and he's in. You know, it's one of those things. A lot of the pro guys didn't want to go run Master, and they just, ah, I just, you know, I'm going to, no, now with, you know, the younger guys getting even younger and a little more hectic, a little crazier in the senior category. I think guys are waiting for that master's uh, age turn. And I think we'll see more guys coming into that. And, and you know what? And not surprising. That's why we see Supermaster now at the California Pro Car Challenge, because there's lots of 45-year-old guys who don't want to run against the flood of 30, 31, 32-year-olds. So in uh, looking at the stock Honda numbers too, David, I think interesting, a really balanced cross-section in terms of the, the, the race groups, we had S1 and S2 racing together, 14 each. We had Supermaster or S4 Master and Supermaster racing together, 10 and 11. Looking at numbers, 14 in S1, so they go up one, not bad. Um, up one in S4 Master and down five in Supermaster. But overall, you know, the big hit came in S2. Last year, we had 26 drivers in the S2 category, even more as we went along. Summer Nationals had a lot of S2s. Only 14 here this weekend. That's, I think that's maybe a topic for down the line when we, you and I sit down and discuss what's going on with shifter cart racing here in the U.S. Uh, but a 13, no, 12 driver drop from last year in S2. I think that's telling uh, on what's happening here with stock Honda racing. Well, we had, I think, five guys from S2 moved to S1. So I think that was a big impact right True. there. Uh, and then you get a handful of drivers that were there last year that just didn't show up this year. Uh, but like you said, the reason we're not getting new drivers into it is because of the question of where, you know, not when, if, when is Scusa going to change, you know, and, and a lot of people yeah. and, and, and how? how, and people weren't interested in, yeah. in, in, um, spending quality dollars into this racing season. I don't think, unless they already had the, 
the, the, the packages ready to go. So that's, that's kind of kind of where we are right now with, with that program. Uh, I think you're bang on. I think it's, if Scusa were to come out and say, here's what we're doing over the next three years, uh, this class is bringing in the, the IME 175. You guys are staying with the stock Honda for three more years. A guy can say, you know what? Yeah, there's some good packages I can buy. I can drop 3,000, 4,000, boom, I'm in. Um, knowing that I can run it and amortize it over three years. I think you're right, Dave. That's, that's a good point. And again, a topic of uh, another podcast coming up. Overall, IAMI entries up six, Honda entries down 15 for a net loss of, of nine drivers. Not bad. I think all in all, again, a dozen over top of the 200 mark, which you and I have always set as a kind of a major number. Once you're over there, that's that major. So all in all, Pro Tour off to a good start. No, you, uh, we were bang on. No, and I, I, I didn't want to go further because we had a lot to talk about so that we can save it for some other podcasts. Right. Good. <laughs> exactly. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we're underway. Uh, podcast number 18 here on the EKN Radio Network. David Cole and I breaking down last weekend Supercarts USA Winter Nationals from NOAA Motorsports Park. Stay with us. We're going to hit the paddock pass, talk about what the buzz was within the paddock when we get back after this break. From coast to coast, IAMI has become the two-cycle engine of choice for American karting. Starting with the air-cooled 60cc Swift engine and moving through to the incredible X30 power plant, IAMI is providing much-needed stability for the sport. The Swift and X30 engines are the backbone of the Superkart USA Pro Tour and Pro Kart Challenge Series, as well as the USPKS, the Route 66 Sprint Series, and the WKA Manufacturers Cup. We're thrilled to introduce the new IAMI KA100 Rejet engine with a special introductory price of just $16.95 until the end of February. The new engine is getting rave reviews and will be part of the USPKS, Route 66, and WKA Man Cup programs in 2018. Watch for more regions of the country to get on board with this new formula. We have two distribution centers in the U.S. to serve you well. IAMI East in Mooresville, North Carolina, Miami West in Temecula, California. The momentum is continuing to build, so it's time to make an investment in stabilizing your engine program. For more information on Miami, head to the website for your region. MiamiUSAEast.com or MiamiUSAWest.com. Since 2003, K1 Race Gear has been a one stop shop for all your indoor and outdoor karting needs. From racing shoes, suits, and driving gloves to chest protectors, rib vests, accessories, and bags, K1 Race Gear provides quality karting products for the enthusiast and the professional alike. We have an incredible lineup of K1 karting suits designed to fit everyone's budget. Check out our entry level GK2, the new Apex 2 and our top-of-the-line Speed 1 suit. Then, choose from our Apex and RS1 carding gloves and add in our K1 shoes, rib protectors, and neck collars. If you need a custom suit to support your sponsors, we can create a custom look as unique as you are. As you would expect, our custom suits are made to order. With pricing as low as $495, you're sure to find a suit that not only satisfies your racing needs, but it's easy on the wallet as well. We take care of all of our customers at K1 Race Gear, not just the ones with deep pockets. Visit k1racegear.com today and get everything you need for your next racing season.
For over a century, Briggs & Stratton has had a commitment and passion for racing. It's a DNA found in every engine we build today. So whether you kart race, Baja, race quarter midgets, or believe that dirt and snow are just God's way of adding to the challenge, the dedicated spirit of every Briggs & Stratton employee stands at the fence waiting for the green flag to drop. Briggs & Stratton Racing, what powers you? Welcome back to the EKN Debrief, episode number 13, March the 7th. David will probably get this thing out on Thursday, I would expect, Thursday or Friday, hopefully Thursday. Uh, we're going to roll now into the Paddock Pass, presented by the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy. David, Paddock Pass, a lot of, not surprising, a lot of buzz happening. Start of the season, uh, you know, a lot of things happening within the sports, a lot of things happening within the industry, some competition, of course, between uh, kind of spec programs. Uh, you know, I think one of the, the big things in terms of news that came out, obviously, at the, when I was told to announce uh, the confirmation that the Supercarts USA Spring Nationals, rounds three and four of the Pro Tour being moved from Sonoma to the Phoenix Kart Racing Association track in Glendale, Arizona. I think some people would love to have been at, at Sonoma, but I understand the, the business model behind moving it to Phoenix. I think you probably do as well. Well, that, that was the first question that everybody fielded, at least me and you, uh, when yeah. we walked around Friday was, so are they moving to Phoenix? Are they moving to Phoenix? And and until we were told by by Tom Kutcher on on Sunday, we, we had no confirmation whatsoever of, of that happening. Obviously, there were rumors going around just like it does every day in the sport. And, you know, this one happened to be true. And, and you know, like, as you said, it was, you know, everybody knew it. It just wasn't official until Sunday uh, afternoon. But, uh, you know, the move, you know, it, it's it's not a big move uh, in terms of, you know, we've been there. We've been to Phoenix already. Uh, and yeah. Sonoma, yeah. it was, it, you know, even though we love that racetrack, it, it was it seemed like it would be a it was a very difficult uh, facility to have a pro tour at especially now with the numbers that we're at right now. Uh, you know, when we when the first ever Pro Tour race took part at Sonoma, it was under 100 drivers. Now we're over 200 drivers. And it just, it seemed like we didn't see everybody uh, when we were in Sonoma because the paddock was just so spread out and it's it's kind of all over the place. And obviously time-wise, we didn't have a lot of time to go see people. Uh, but, but with Phoenix, you know that everybody's going to have space. There's plenty of parking. Uh, airport's easy to get to. It's not an hour away from the airport, so that's another plus as well, too. Uh, for, for a lot of the West Coast teams, it's still not that far of a drive unless you're from NorCal. Uh, but it, 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 you know, overall, it, 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 it's what they uh, elected to do. You know, there's, there's obviously pros and cons to it. Um, personally, I would have liked to have, to have seen it stay at Sonoma just because that's where it was announced. But obviously, business uh, relationships uh, didn't allow that to happen. Yeah, I, you know, Dave. I think you know when you when you're looking at positives, uh, it's going to be a lot better for a bunch of guys. All, anybody from coming from Texas, from Florida, uh, from the Midwest, they're cutting off tons and tons of time in terms of travel and yep. fuel. It's as simple mm -hmm. as that. The Nor the NorCal guys don't get that one race where they travel, you know, half an hour to. Uh, that happens. Um, the race there's been racing at both. You're right. <laughs> well, when they when Scusa decided to go to, to Sonoma in the first place last year. I was, we were all surprised. It was an absolute battle to try to, cause they had to, as you, as we all know, had to pour into essentially the parking lot of all the, all the, uh, the shops that are actually at the track there. And that was, I think a battle in terms of 
you know, logistics and having to figure out people were moving trailers so we could get trailers in it. To be honest, Sonoma simply isn't set up to run a national race like a pro tour. You, you, you need 150 max probably for that facility. I think we all know that. But that's, again, that's just trying to spin the positive. Bottom line is, is it's kind of that battle between Scusa and IAMI and the Rock Cup program. Rock Cup goes into to Sonoma and signs an exclusive deal where it's going to be all Rock Cup competition there from now on. And you know what? I understand that Scusa says, you know what? We're not going to come in here and 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 roll out the red carpet for all the testing and make the money up there. We're going to go somewhere where we're wanted. So, I, you know, I get it. That's I understand that feeling for sure. Phoenix, hey, bottom line is it's – it's where the Supercarts USA Promoto Tour first started in 1999. It really is, to a certain extent, that kind of spiritual deal where, man, it all started. The big first first Pro Tour for Scusa started at Phoenix. And, you know, you look at some of the guys that raced there who are still racing or still involved now. So um, I personally like the track, Phoenix. You know, we we all love going there. Uh, it's as long as they run the, the – I think if they run it in the right direction, oh, David, yeah. you and I have talked about that, you know. We got to run clockwise. In my, you have to run clockwise. It's just that's the way to do it, in my opinion, uh, and yours as well. I know. So if if that's what they do, and we go there, and they know, you know, Scoos is wanted there. I love going to Phoenix. Great food, great people, great track. I'm all. I don't it. think the direction will be a question. I think I think we learned from going the the opposite direction that we normally go when we go there. It it looked it looked like a great. Track, track to drive by yourself but racing wise it just it just caused too many problems and 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 the the normal way that we the the, the clockwise direction that we that we go there i think it's still one of the great tracks to to watch racing at especially going into daytona going into oh, daytona yeah. at the end of the straightaway you know even the kink coming onto the straightaway provides a little bit of a challenge you know and then you got uh, turns 11 and 12 there to coming to the start finish line or the finish line uh, provides great last lap drama drama for uh, all, any of the categories. So uh, we're, we're going to see great racing there no matter what. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Let's we'll put that behind us. Spring Nats nationals. I think it's the fourth, fifth and sixth of May. We're going back to Phoenix. Now, obviously David, another big one. We'll get through this really quick. Actually probably won't be very quickly. You now talk about this a little bit here. Again, this is the paddock pass presented by, uh, Al Rudolph Racing Academy. There was a meeting about pushback bumpers, and essentially what happened. You know, we've talked about the chaos we've had on the racetrack, and the bottom line is, and we're working on something for eCarding News, an editorial series on the art of racecraft because it's just forgotten, at least in the junior categories and the senior categories. Which, for all intents and purposes, and I have a column I'm working on this, the senior classes now are are pretty much just junior plus because we've got drivers 14 and 15 year olds in this category that I'm, in my opinion, should still be juniors. So essentially it's junior and junior plus, and we just don't have a lot of racecraft right now. And it's, there's so many reasons why not tough enough officiating coaching. That's coaching aggressive racing, uh, the full width rear bump, the full width body work, all the stuff that's happening right now, uh, where there is actually no consequences for driving hard into somebody. We take those rear bumpers off. We're going to solve almost everything that let's just say that first and foremost, but to lay it out, Tom Kutcher got a he wanted to get a handful of guys together to talk about pushback bumpers to get their input. That, of course, then immediately tidal waves into probably 10 or 15 team owners in the prime power team tent right in the middle of the paddock. And they have a, a really frank and serious discussion with essentially a vote 
on whether or not they're going to go to pushback bumpers. And although it's not been made official yet by Supercarts USA, we're hearing that they will be going to pushback uh, for um, for Phoenix, for the Spring Nationals. Now, David, you and I both know that's going to bring some issues of its own. But as it has come, it's come so far that right now that Band-Aid needs to be put on. Yes, Racecraft can improve, and we can pull that Band-Aid back off because it's an easy fix. But, David, right now I think pushback – I'm not a fan of it. I think it can get handled with officiating, aggressive, hardcore officiating. But right now, everybody wants pushback, so let's do pushback. Thoughts? Uh, you you said the key word. It's a Band-Aid. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> again, I could go on for probably a half hour right now about it. Um, like you said, removing the bumper is probably the more uh, easier way of handling this because then, again, it, it puts it back in the driver's hands. If there's no rear bumper like there is right now covering the rear wheels, uh, if you if you go into somebody hard, you're gonna you're gonna end up on your head, and and, and or David or like what's supposed to happen, you lose your exactly. front nose cone. If you hit somebody, you then you're yeah, out. Yeah. Not a drop down, right? If you hit somebody hard enough to lose your front nose cone, yeah. you're out anyways. And, so and yeah, yeah so so it's you know it it's just frustrating that that we've come to a point. In, in this in the sport to where we're at this it, it it it's frustrating because we've i've been in it my whole life you've been in it for over 20 years and, and we've seen the evolution of the sport and unfortunately while it may be i, I agree that bumpers have have reduced a number of injuries that we've used to seeing um but it's like you like you said it's opened the door for a no holds barred type attitude when you're when it comes to racecraft and and that's just that's that's just the one thing we got to get rid of right now. Um, I'm. You know, you know what it is. You know what it is, David. Really, what it's come down to, it's really become exactly what happens when you go to a, a high end uh, rental cart track when you and your buddies are out there, and it's the full width rental. You know, the four higher actual rental race carts with the full width bodywork, all the bodywork all over, and you're you're having fun with each other, and you're beating on each other. That's what it is right now because there's zero consequences. Well, and, and again, too, it's because the officials are not laying down the law. It's you know, it's just like this video I saw on 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 you on uh, social media today. A kid was acting out, and so his dad made him run a mile to school because of the way he was acting. It's it's called parenting. Sometimes <laughs> I hate to say it, but sometimes people are just not parenting their children and it's, and it's not carding. Believe me, it's not carding. It's basketball, it's soccer, it's baseball, it's other traveling programs like that in sports in general and, and, and just in life in general where, where, where people are not parenting instead of, instead of being that parent, they're trying to be a best friend and you, you can't do that. Yeah, you know, I he- I hesitate in really putting all the blame on a parent. I made a post on Facebook, as everybody knows, and it's kind of blown up with a lot of discussion. Just I'm making the 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 comparison that if a if a if you buy your kid a car at 16 and they wreck the car because they're driving like an, an as I use the word asshole, uh, you're going to take the car away. If a, if your kid goes out and races and races like an asshole, nobody is you're not taking the go kart away from the guy because people think that's the way you need to race right now. Everybody else is doing it. So I need to do it. And, and I've said this before and and I'll say it here is I honestly believe that anybody, any race director, me, myself included, if I had the opportunity could fix this in one day, I could flick fix this on Saturday and anybody could have it better by Sunday. You go in, you tell the drivers, if you touch somebody coming to the start finish line, 
it's a 20 second penalty. Because you know, yeah, we stand, we, we're right at start finish, and we're calling these races. And these guys are just pushing each pushing each other to the line. The guys at the back are spooling up before they're ham. We saw we saw guys at the back running in, like driving over top of each other before they got to the start box because they're on the throttle. All you got to say is it's a foot. I, people try to say foot two feet between. No, you touch the guy in front of you, twenty second penalty. I guarantee Sunday you're not touching the guy. You go into turn number one. If you touch somebody in turn number one, twenty second penalty. You get three shots at it, and, and you're out for the day, let, or you're out for the weekend. Let's just put it out there: it's, it's not just the kids up front, no. too. It's the kids. In the, it's the kids in the back no, who a, yeah. see a wreck, don't get off the gas, and just plow into a wreck that's already there. I mean, that has got to be <laughs> like the most. In, it was the most insane thing when I was sitting there in turn <laughs> one during that big massive accident that everybody's blaming the reason why we need pushback bumpers, and I'm thinking to myself, no, because. 75% of these kids just ran into the accident already there rather than it's not like we're at Vegas. Yeah, okay, now I understand if this happens yeah. in Vegas, it happens because we're in a closed off course. As we saw in S1, you hit the grass yeah. to get away from it. Yeah, you might spin out, you might go into the in the tire wall or you just might lose the field completely, but at least you're still running and you didn't cause a $1000 worth of damage to your cart because you decided to just Pin it down or send it, as everybody keeps talking about. We got to send yeah. it. Yeah. Well, damn it. Here's the thing. Where is it in these kids' mindset that when they see an accident, they're not going to stop? They come out of turn one. You just said it. The track is completely blocked, and these guys are driving directly into the wreck. When they get a car, is that what they're going to do? Are they just going to drive into a wreck? It just it kind of blows my, boggles my mind that they don't either get on the brakes, slow down or move to the left or right. And you're right. They just drove right through the wreck somehow thinking that it's days of thunder. <laughs> and once they get there, the car's not going to be there anymore. I was say they're cold trickle, like thinking that there's going to be no cars there. And it's yeah, Harry Hyde. You can do it, Cole. It's Harry Hyde. I believe it in my heart. <laughs> it's, ridi- it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, anyways, here, listen, you know what? We, we know it. Next week, we're going to get a podcast going. We're going to get a couple of guys in the sport that want to talk about it. We're going to do a full podcast on racecraft, on just what's happening nowadays. But the bottom line was, David, and we, you like I said, you and I could talk about this for hours because it's and, – and most of it, you and I will just be obviously dumbfounded with what's happening on the racetrack because you go to the red flag. It was a red flag yesterday on the weekend in the mini class, and drivers were actually driving through the red flag at speed. If you're a coach – or a tuner of that driver, you'd be ashamed of yourself. That You should be telling that kid, you see a red flag, you stop immediately. They drew, drove through a red flag where a kid was upside down at speed. You should be fired and ashamed of yourself. The first thing you teach a child who's racing is when you see a red flag, you stop. They have to know what the flags are. Let's go to yellow flags. What happens when you see a yellow flag? Every club racer, every club race director will tell the kid, slow down, raise your hand. We don't get that in the national tour. Full throttle, no hands up. I tell you, I can fix it in a day. Black flag, park it. See you tomorrow. And tomorrow you'll have your hand up and you'll slow down. That's what has to happen here. The kids, you have to scare them. You have to tell them exactly how it's going to be. Anyways, <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> push, push back bumpers. Unofficially coming for uh, Phoenix. The discussion on that, of course, will continue for the next two months. Um. Let's move to something more exciting, Dave. Let's move to Paddock Pass. Cool stuff. Uh, Cart Republic. Uh, we talked about it at the Winter Series. 
man, these guys are getting a lot of attention. They didn't get the same success as they had at the Winter Series. Uh, but, you know, Alex Bertagoli jumping on the chassis as well under the uh, Franklin Motorsports tent. Uh, what are your thoughts on on more guys picking up the Cart Republic? Well, it's kind of that new and shiny look. You know what I mean? It, it's yeah. kind of people are drawn to anything that just happens to be – I mean, we've seen it in Cadet. You know, a lot of people, when, when Bennett came on board, everybody jumped at Bennett. You know, they left they left OTK, they left Top Cart, they left Burrell Art. Boom, right to Bennick. So now Bennick has this huge following of cadet racers. And and then last year it was kind of Nitro. So we've seen a lot of people move over to Nitro. We haven't had really anything like that uh, in the junior and senior ranks that has kind of been that shiny, glamorous new thing that that people want to know yep. about. And so now now that Cart Republic has come out, they, they they've shown some great results here in the States. It's kind of brought a lot of attention to it. And obviously with Bertignoli jumping over on it this weekend, standing on the podium, uh, Santino, uh, Santiago Trezzini winning, a, a, getting a podium in, in junior, uh, you know, it, it, I'm not necessarily saying it's the reason why they got there, but it, it, it definitely helps to, to be on something new maybe for, for some, from some drivers. Maybe they get too compliant. With with the carts that they've been driving before, and, and maybe maybe the new switch kind of helps them uh, either learn how to change their driving style, or maybe it's just maybe it just fits their driving style. I was also going to add in confidence. You know, if, if they think they're hopping on a cart that should be able to win, there's some confidence potentially that could happen. But yeah, I think uh, Car Republic shiny and new, and uh, bagging a couple more podiums. Now another team. That was uh, rocking this past weekend was Rollison Performance Group. Uh, stellar weekend, couple of wins, uh, four podiums in the S two category. Pretty good weekend for Mike Rollison and, and the crew. Yeah, you know they, you know, Rollison has been honed in on on making it a driver development program, and, and we've seen that over the years, and we've seen that over the years, and it's kind of sh- shifted itself towards you know obviously the single speed programs, but. You know, a lot of those guys under that ten are, are shifter cart guys. I mean, pretty much all the all the uh, driver coaches or mechanics or whatever you want to say, those guys are shifter cart drivers at heart. And and so now it's good to see them kind of expanding and and bringing in some shifter cart drivers. And 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 uh, so that's only growing that program even more. So I wouldn't be be surprised to see that team be one of the biggest at the Super Nationals come at the end of the year. Yeah, you know what? There's obviously a culture of driver development. They've got some great uh, great pilots there, great mechanics. And, we'll, you know, I'll give a shout-out to Hannah Greenmeyer. I'm telling you, what a weekend for Hannah. You know, rookie uh, in the X30 senior class, fast lap of the race, I think, both days, Saturday and Sunday. She was a beast and uh, really fun to watch her come to the front, uh, making really clean passes, a little bit of contact here and there, which, again, the, the pushback bumper, the race, the, the aggressiveness, the racecraft, with racecraft, you could have a little bit of a little bit of contact every once in a while, and she maybe had a little bit, but otherwise just tremendous. Um, other drivers or other teams having big weekends. Parallel, what a what a big day for them on Saturday. Back to back wins to start off the day with uh, with uh, Caleb Gaffera and Mateus Morgado in Micro Swift and X Thirty Junior. That's a pretty solid start to the day for uh, for Parallel. You know they they had the opportunity to win maybe five races on the weekend. Uh, Grafar obviously in it uh, in micro both days, Mateus both days in junior, and then Jace Park, uh, a mini driver, 
was right there on Carson Morgan defending champions bumper all race long and just didn't quite have enough to pull the trigger at the end there. But uh, so that, so that brand, obviously it's getting uh, like we talked about before, it's expanding big time uh, and showing success really strong in 2018. Yeah. Kudos to to Jim Russell, Jr. Carding. Of course, Jim has been a big supporter of the Parallel program for a long time, kind of evolved what he's doing after shutting down Russell Carding specialties is now Jim Russell Carding, where he's working with a smaller group of drivers, you know, coaching. Here's a guy that's been around the sport forever. Uh, and the coaching he's doing with these young drivers is already uh, obviously paying off. Jace Park, Caleb Gaffer, we talked about Ethan Iyer's looking really good. Uh, so again, Parallel just starting uh, to make some moves. And, and to, to wrap up this paddock pass, let's uh, hit on the fact that for CRG Nordam, a solid weekend for the new CRG Heron cart. They were very pleased. Their first Scusa Pro Tour victory with uh, with Christian Brooks. So I know that the CRG guys were absolutely ecstatic at the end of the weekend to, to get that win on the Heron. All right. Let's go to another break here on the EKN Debrief, episode number 17. When we get back, David and I are going to start blowing through the race report. we got some stuff to talk about, a lot of great racing from NOLA Motorsports Park. Come on back, and we'll talk about the actual action at the Winter Nationals. Like most everything else, karting has always been big in Texas. But these days, it's just getting better and better. Top quality facilities and tracks, dedicated kart shops, and a pure Supercarts USA Regional Series with incredible year-end prizes. That's right, it's the Texas Pro Kart Challenge. After making the switch to the Pure Scusa program last year, with a focused class structure that offers stock Honda and IAMI categories, the Texas Pro Kart Challenge is primed for their biggest season ever. It's four race weekends designed to limit time away from school and work at the finest tracks in the state of Texas. Speed sports, Denton, Amarillo, and Dallas. The series is dedicated to offering the best program possible with a national level officiating technical staff, top quality facilities, exciting prizes, and full e-carding news trackside live coverage with play-by-play by me, Rob Howden. Join us at the new Speed Sports Racing Park in Houston for our opener on March 24th and 25th. We're going night racing on June 7th, 8th, and 9th at the iconic Denton facility. It's racing under the lights. Experience the jewel of West Texas, the Amarillo Kart Circuit, on July 20, 21, 22. And then to cap it all off, we head to the Dallas Karting Complex on September 22nd and 23rd at the track that has hosted both the Scusa Summer Nationals and the Rotex Grand Nationals. You do not want to miss it. It's the best racing in Texas, so come challenge yourself and push it to the next level. For more information, visit TexasProCartChallenge.com. Praga, Formula K, Arrow, and now Kart Republic. You can get them all from Kartsport North America. Located in Mooresville, North Carolina, on-site at GoPro Motorplex, Kartsport North America features over 6,000 square feet of retail space. We offer full retail sales, kart service and storage, and the top brands in the sport, such as CZ Chain, Talon Sprockets, SKF Bearings, and Prisma Tire Gauges. We are now an importer and distributor for Dio Chiesa's new Kart Republic chassis, a kart that is taking the world by storm. Lorenzo Travis Anuto won the Scusa Winter Series X30 Senior title on a Kart Republic 
and our own Brandon Jarsakrak won in his very first weekend on the chassis. Don't get left behind. If you want to take your racing to the next level, we have driver training and coaching programs available, trackside at GoPro Motorplex. We have a massive inventory, so head to our online store at www.cartsportna.com to get same-day shipping of the parts and components you need. While you're there, check out our used section of carts, engines, parts, and accessories. Cartsport North America, top quality products, winning brands, and professional driver development. Give us a call today. In a sport where the difference between winning and losing is measured in hundreds of a second, you can't afford to leave anything on the table. You invest in the best equipment, the lightest components, and top-of-the-line data acquisition systems. Anything to find one more tent, right? I'll tell you right now, the best investment you could ever make is in yourself. If you want to improve your results, it's time for professional instruction and coaching at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Located at the new state-of-the-art speed sports racing park just north of Houston, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy uses the very best equipment, Burrell Art Carts. They offer half-day, one-day, two-day, and three-day clinics. They have a one-on-one -on -one student instructor ratio, and they will design a customized curriculum for each student. Alan Rudolph is one of the most respected people in the sport, and he has nearly 20 years experience training drivers, including Chase Elliott, Neil Alberico, Austin Versteeg, and Sabre Cook, and rising stars like Pietro Fittipaldi. Train with a champion with over 30 years of racing experience to get proven results. Start off your season with a driver tune-up. Tune-up your season with some driver coaching. Or get ready for the big races by training with the best. Reserve your dates now by calling 866-607-RACE. That's 866-607-7223. For more information, visit speedsportsracingpark.com slash racing hyphen academy. Welcome back to episode number 18 of the EKN Debrief here on the EKN Radio Network. Rob Howden alongside David Cole as we now jump into the race report from the Opening round of the Supercarts USA Pro Tour, the Winter Nationals at NOLA Motorsports Park. This segment brought to you by the Mazda Road to Indy, presented by Cooper Tires. David, let's jump in, kind of piggybacks off what we just talked about. X30 Senior, good to have Christian Brooks back. Red Bull Global Rally Cross GRC Lights race winner, coming back to karting. Boom, starts the season off with a big win. Yeah, he came and ran the Winter Nationals last year on a different brand, but uh, had two runner-up finishes and left as a point leader. This year comes in with CRG and Nash Motorsports. Does a phenomenal job as we expected. He would he would be one of the contenders throughout the weekend, uh, having the experience uh, both at the racetrack and just in X30 Senior alone uh, was just uh, and was able to finally get that first victory uh, on the Pro Tour. Something that uh, we thought could have happened earlier, but uh, just didn't happen until now. <laughs> Jake Craig, of course, uh, getting things done with an absolutely master performance uh, as well when he uh, gets the victory on Saturday, then climbs up from what, almost, I guess, dead last on Sunday after the, the pre-final DNF and ends up with the ninth position finish. He was a lot of fun to watch. We were watching uh, Brooks out front, but to be honest, a lot of the focus was on Jake coming from the tail of the field. It was just, it was just great to see what he was able to do. 
Yeah, it's something we've seen before at NOLA. Uh, last year, we saw Brandon Jarzakrat come from last, uh, having not starting out or qualifying on pole, not getting out on the grid in time. So it's coming from last and working his way all the way up to the podium in the final. So I think uh, if if uh, if Craig had maybe a few more laps, uh, he might have had a top five even. Uh, so it was a great drive for I him. So. Yeah, and you know him losing the points championship last year by four points. You know that Saturday effort is either going to hurt him or help him. You know, depending on how everything shakes down uh, over the next two events. Yeah, I, I talked about the fact on the broadcast that that's how you win a championship. Not always by your best finishes, but by how good your worst ones are. Like he had, you know, his event on Sunday could have been that for sure drop race. But to fight back as he did from the tail of the field to get ninth in the final, that could be something that gives him the opportunity to still win the championship. Other highlights from X30 Senior, as I said, a fantastic performance by rookie senior Hannah Greenmeyer, 20 spots forward in the Saturday final, uh, and then 25th to 12th in the Sunday pre-final. Impressive. Jorge Pescador, David, though, was pretty impressive too on the Praga, uh, running for Kart Sport North America. Came in and really was pretty masterful uh, running up front as one of the leaders all weekend long. Yeah, he was the top qualifier uh, both days. So we've seen Praga show really well at the NOLA Motorsports Park uh, both years now. Brandon Jarzakrak last year and this year with uh, Jorge Pescador. You know, it's no surprise with his uh, pedigree, you know, his his CV of having a solid uh, resume of uh, strong races. And, you know, just one of those drivers that you can always – count as one of the uh, contenders going into the weekend and uh, a podium Saturday and a fourth on, uh, on Sunday, you know, I, he may be back uh, in Phoenix. I think uh, having a, a shot really right now at the title against uh, maybe Brooks and, and Craig and, and others that and looping even too. Yeah. I'm just going to just mention loopy and the Canadian driver for Rawls and performance group, just quietly consistent. He was right there the whole time. You know, we weren't talking about him leading races or whatever, but, but Samuel, Last year, you know, in, in other races, we've seen him be a pretty aggressive driver, kind of gets himself into some issues every once in a while where he's kind of laying on a couple other guys. He was steady, ran well, and, and, and really just strong in terms of being in the top five all weekend long. Now, moving to the other end of the spectrum, David, before we cap off for X30 Senior, not the weekend that defending champ Ryan Norberg was looking for. No, it wasn't. Uh, he got uh, caught up in a – Turn three wreck there and the, the main event on Saturday. So that kind of kind of put a black eye on his weekend. But, uh, you know, the, the kid continues to fight back. As we saw last year, you know, he wasn't quite a dominant driver throughout the year uh, and and, came, and fought back to, to get the title. So he, he was another kid that, that fought back on Sunday and came away with a, a fifth-place finish. So, uh, you know, don't count him out either, too. You know, just like Craig had a bad day on, on Saturday or on Sunday, you know, Norberg could, you know, that could be a drop that Saturday could be his drop. And if he if he wails off a couple of victories or a couple of podiums and at the spring nationals where he's already won before, uh, you know, that that could put him right back into in the hunt for a third straight. As champions do, he'll put that behind him and just move forward. Uh jumping into X thirty junior, as we talked about in the in the paddock pass. Just really rough, terrible starts all weekend long. We had a lot of great contenders up front, but just it was just the starts were so rough to watch. Uh, race-wise, Mateus Morgado, as we said, for Perlin getting a win. Tyler Gonzalez scores a victory on the Tony Kart uh, for Speed Concepts Racing. Uh, really, you know what? Good runs. I, I like the kind of uh, arrival of Arias Duke Medjian. He has really become a guy I think we're going to be watching all weekend long. Thomas Naveau was there as well. Justin Arsenal was quick. You mentioned Trissini. 
just a lot of guys, David, in X30 Junior, who I think are kind of working their way. To, you know, it's we always you talk about guys graduating up every category. We had a lot of guys graduate at X30 Junior into senior this year. Here's the here's that group of drivers now that's kind of working their way to the front. It's their time to shine. It is their time to shine, and it was really interesting to see those speed concept racing uh, drivers up there with Gonzalez and Arsenault and a couple others that. There, I don't think there were any team orders there because there seemed to be a little bit of contact through the, between some of the teammates there uh, throughout the weekend. So it, it's good to see that kind of you know that uh, go, you know go for it all type mentality with with these young drivers. But again, you know that mentality kind of leads to kind of some of the bad moves that we saw uh, at the beginning of the, each race. Well, that was it. You know, we saw Duke Medjin get hammered off the track over in turn number three at one point. Once it all settles down and the, and the talented leaders get out front, the racing's actually pretty solid between them. Yeah, there ends, ends up being a little bit of stuff you, you don't want to see, but otherwise they race pretty hard and give each other enough room. Now we'll look for increased racecraft out of them as well. But, you know, it's those opening laps that it, it really were the chaos and the, the lack of racecraft seems to make itself most evident. Hard Chargers and X30 Junior. Let's give it up for Luca, uh, Luca Mars, who was up 34 spots to 13th in one of his races. Uh, and Thomas Naveau climbed up 38 positions to 6th on Sunday. You know, Dave, when we talk about driver development, there's nothing better than a kid starting at the tail of the field and having to come to the front. Because you can start from pole, run away to the win, and learn nothing. But when you've got to come from the back, keep your car in one piece and stay out of trouble, that's when you really do your learning. Yeah, we talked about that in the last debrief with uh, Uga Uga Chukwu. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I would I would love to see some of these guys just, you know what? I'm going to put you in the back, and I want to see you get through the field and not touch anybody. And that really gives you, like you said, more driver development than just going out front and leading the entire race. That I mean, that proves nothing other than you had a great qualifying setup. Uh, let's move to X30 Master as we're hammering away through this edition of the debrief. Uh, X30 Master, awesome starts, really good, respectable racing, uh, respectful racing all weekend long, and that's what we expected at X30 Master. The Brazilians were good, Renato David, Paulo Lopez, and, of course, you get three-time uh, Super Nats winner Leonardo Nincotter in there, and, and a lot of fun. Uh, contact on Saturday, though, between uh, Lopez and, and Nincotter take them out, and Jess Peterson rolls through to get his third Scusa Pro Tour win. I was surprised that those guys didn't settle in and, and just kind of go to the end. David, were you? It was a bold move, <laughs> and I, I, you know, we didn't get a, talk, a chance to talk with uh, Neen Cotter at all about it because he was leading the race, and and it looked like I think that's how I, I think yeah. that's how it was going. I, I forgot, but and then Lopez made a made a deep move into. Uh, into turn eight, I believe, after the uh, the S is there with the big launching ramp, and uh, it just it, I think it caught both you know Ninkauter a little bit off guard and and uh, so it, I think it was, it was a bold attempt. I think it was okay, the other so way around. Was, okay, yeah. So Ninkauter got his nose in. Okay, yeah, right. yeah. He just put his nose put his nose in, in turn number eight, and it just didn't seem like it was there. And again, you and I didn't have the the the, vis, uh, the view to see whether or not Lopez came down or Ninkauter. It's just. It's not a high percentage place to pass. You know, you got to surprise the guy and be real aggressive in that corner. We saw it happen a lot last year, a couple times this year, but it's not really the high percentage place to make the move. I was surprised that, that Leonardo did it, but he's such a badass. You know what? If anybody's going to do it, <laughs> it's probably going to be him. Um, but he comes back on Sunday, David. Uh, Travis Irving had a great run on Sunday, uh, you know, did his best, but 
kind of got hunted down by Neen Cotter and was able to get the pass. Irving eventually got a penalty for actually being ahead of Neen Cotter at the start. Uh, but again, Neen Cotter really came back as champions do. Reeled in Irving, but you got to give Irving props as well for an absolutely tremendous race. Yeah, those two comp carts were on rails, it seemed like. And Lopez was kind of there, you know, trailing, just waiting for, probably waiting for something to happen like it did on Saturday uh, to help Peterson take the win. But, uh, you know, I, I, you know, the two comp cart drivers, I don't think we're going to let that happen. And, and Irving, yeah, he just, I mean, the, the, he, he gutted it out another one and just, it just, you could see the the kind of frustration of not getting that fi- that first victory uh, as they cross the line with Neen Cotter taking the checkered flag. Yeah, that uh, I'm not sure if Todd McCall took it or Ken Johnson took it, but there's a great on track promotion shot where <laughs> where uh, Neen Cotter's got his hands in the air and Irving's got his hands in his head, and it's just that thrill of victory, agony, defeat, ABC Sports thing, right? I just I saw it, went oh, well, that's racing for you right there. Uh, Mini Swift, let's jump in there. Uh, Jeremy Fletcher and James Agosi on Saturday really putting on a clinic. And we talk a lot about, about drivers flicking that switch where they understand that, hey, you know what, I don't need to be racing for the lead every lap. All I really have to do is slowly pair myself away in the lead group and we'll battle it out, whether it's three guys pulling away to battle out for the podium positions or it's two guys pulling away to battle out for the race win. That's what we saw in the first day of Mini Swift with Jeremy Fletcher and James Agosi. Agosi just put himself on Fletcher's rear bumper and they just took off. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a coin flip because I think either one of them could have had the win. And uh, Fletcher was just able to uh, kind of outmuscle Agosi uh, and take his first Pro Tour victory. But it was almost kind of the same thing on Sunday, except Sunday we saw three drivers get away. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Carson Morgan, very good. Uh, talk more about Sunday because it, su- Sunday was strong. Carson showed his championship pedigree though I think he seemed to me to be the calmest of the lead group. Well like like you just said with Egozi and Fletcher it, you know Jace Park and the Parolin he just kind of hung on on Morgan's bumper the entire race uh Anderson Leonard tucked in behind both of them and they those three just you know like you said pushed each other got away from the rest of the field and decided okay this is going to be our race and you know neither of them made any stupid moves throughout the race uh, and, and kind of we were we were anticipating an exciting last lap finish and it just it just seemed like Park just didn't really want to pull the trigger. I think he was kind of happy he was in second and just didn't really pull the trigger. But but Leonard came in and just boom, took it from him. Yeah, it's, it was interesting. Obviously, you know, Jace has a great race on Saturday, comes from 32nd back of the pack up to fourth. Feeling real good about it, real good about it. He just pushes Morgan all around, shows that poise, the maturity. And again, I'm not sure if it was the fact that he just, I'm good with second, or it was a, how the heck do I get by this guy? Where do I do it? I don't know. You know I don't think Jace has been in that position at a national before. So, you know, it's it maybe, maybe he just kind of froze up because there were spots that he could have maybe made a pass. But then again, Morgan was just stretching away at certain times, maybe, you know, kind of working that gap a little bit. But again, as you said, Anderson Leonard get, making a good move in the final corner to, to steal second. But again, Park, bottom line, a couple of top five finishes for him on the Parallel. I think overall he'll take this as a huge win and move forward to Phoenix. Without a doubt, you know, it's it was kind of, like you said, it was kind of a combination of Morgan being really good and, and Park just being extra cautious not to make that mistake. All right, let's uh, wrap up this part of the race report. Uh, again, this this one brought to you by the Mazda Road Indy, presented by Cooper Tires with Micro Swift. 
tremendous racing all weekend long. Really, I think I, I'm hoping these guys keep doing what they're doing because maybe this could fix the entire thing of racecraft just because of the fact that the kids in micro can race so well. If they continue to do it through and don't get the bad uh, habits, we may see a, a next generation of really classy drivers because it was just awesome racing. Uh, Caleb Gaffera getting the win on, on Saturday. On Sunday, the closest three-wide finish in the history of Supercars USA Pro Tour racing in the nine years, 33 thousandths of a second separate the top three coming across the line. Max Garcia with a couple runner-up finishes, his first Pro Tour podiums after uh, having a really good winter series. Ethan Ayers, third on, on Saturday, his best finish on the Pro Tour. A kid that's really kind of, I think the, the, he's flicked the switch and realizes that he can run up front. So, David, a lot of things about these micro swift guys is when they get that confidence that they can do it, you're going to see it happen more and more. Yeah, and, and kind of what you're talking about, the racecraft, I think it's because they don't sit up at the fence and watch the other classes. So hopefully this, that we the parents <laughs> keep these kids away and keep them playing soccer or you know the video games or or just sitting in a cooler keeping cool or whatever they do you know they're they're 8 to 10 year olds they have no idea what they're doing half the time they're just having fun so what so what you're saying is you get to race and then we lock you in quarantine so you don't get to see anybody else drive like jackasses out on the racetrack and then when you come out you drive like a star exactly i like it that's what we're going to do. That's the, that's the new plan we're, we're for 2018. Yeah. Quarantining drivers so they can't see how the other guys are running horribly. Okay, we've got uh... It's like golf. <laughs> Hold on. It's like golf. Like when you're when you're uh, at the when you're at the green, do you watch another person putt? Like if you, you if you see like Phil Mickelson or or somebody like that, I I I distinctly remember them not watching another player putt because they don't want to or swing. They just don't want to like learn maybe bad habits that another player has. So maybe maybe yeah, this maybe this could work in racing. That's a possibility. Uh, one more break <laughs> in this particular edition of the of the uh, the debrief here on the EKN Radio Network. Stick with us; we got more to come. We're going to wrap up the race report after this. The 2018 season is just around the corner, and Trinity Carney Group is fired up and ready to take up the challenge. We're a full-service racing operation based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, which gives us access to our custom-designed driver training facility. We utilize Tony Kart, OTK, and IANI products, and we're your source for Avinco Tires in the Midwest. For 2018, we have Arrive and Drive race programs available for the Supercarts USA Winter Series and the Pro Tour, the WK Manufacturers Cup, and of course, the KRA Series at Newcastle Motorsports Park. If you have your own equipment, we can provide the trackside support you need to take your program to the next level. If you're interested in running with a professional team with full support, coaching, and hospitality, give us a call. Trinity Karting Group has a long history in the sport, a winning pedigree, and we're dedicated to driver development. We pride ourselves on our professional approach and our positive attitude. Driver development is a big part of our program, and if your desire is to graduate into Formula Car Racing, we are the official karting feeder operation for Team Pelfrey, the championship-winning junior formula squad on the Mazda Road to Indy. If IndyCar is your ultimate goal, we can help pave the way. Let us build a custom race program for you. If you're new to the sport or a seasoned pro, we can take care of your kart racing desires. Give us a call at 513-421-4463 or check us out online at trinitycartinggroup.com. 
Looking for that extra edge? Comet Racing Engines is your answer. The engine service program from Comet Kart Sales has been winning from coast to coast at all levels and different forms of the sport. Lead engine builders Mark Harrison and Gary Lawson have decades of karting experience, providing racers the power to reach the top step of the podium. Comet Racing Engines continually perform track and dyno tests to provide their customers with the cutting edge in engine performance. Comet specializes in Yamaha KT100, IAMI Swift, IAMI X30, IAMI Leopard, and Rock Engines. Trackside and customer support are the cornerstones of the Comet Racing Engines business, ensuring each and every customer receives personal attention and the help they need to achieve the best results. Engine rentals are available at all the events that Comet attends in 2018, including WKA, SCUSA, USPKS, and the Route 66 Sprint Series. Contact the Comet team today at CometCartsales.com or by calling 317-462-3413. If you're looking to step up your engine program, send it to Comet Racing Engines. If you want to drive the best, drive a CRG. Our countless race wins and championships prove this fact, including taking the KZ Finals at the Scusa Super Nationals and the CIK World Championships in both 2016 and 2017. Our material is second to none. After years of independent American importers, CRG is now managed directly by the factory and run out of our state-of-the-art headquarters in Texas. CRG Nordam is the American arm of the CRG factory in Italy, and we're serious about success. We stock a wide variety of parts in all of our chassis, from the CRG Hero for the mini categories, to the Heron for taggeries, the Road Rebel for gearbox competition, and the new FS4, which has been designed specifically for American four-cycle Briggs racing. If you're ready to step up to the national level, do it with a factory race team that competes across the USA. CRG Nordam is a full factory effort with the best personnel and the finest equipment. We're serious about winning, and you should be too. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network's Debrief Podcast. Rob Howden and David Cole breaking down the recent Supercar USA Winter Nationals. David, we got to roll through stock Honda to wrap up the uh, the debrief. Let's, uh, again, this race report brought to you by the Mazda Road Indy presented by Cooper Tires. Let's move into S1. Uh, kind of felt like we were back at the Summer Nationals two years ago when A.J. Myers absolutely dominated the action on the TB cart. Again, he did it again here this particular weekend. He was really the guy with consistency and poise and speed all weekend long. He was, and it it was kind of a, a you know interesting to see that because in the last few events that we saw him, he just didn't really seem to have that that kind of dominant look or 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 confident look. And right out the gate, I mean, he was there, and and it seemed like everybody was keying keying their pace on what he was doing. So you know, to see Myers bounce back like this and and start out the year with this strong definitely puts him uh, as a as a title contender uh, right out the gate. An issue uh, on Saturday when uh, Jake French uh, launched himself over the turn two uh, kind of chicane area, got backwards, was spinning backwards, took out uh, a number of drivers as they were making evasive maneuvers. Uh, 
Danny Formals off the racetrack, a number of drivers off the racetrack and out of the, out of the battle kind of came down uh, to Austin Garrison uh, with AJ Myers as well. Garrison able to come forward for formula works uh, on the comp card. That's the, the SoCal comp card team formula works. What a great weekend they had with both Garrison and Travis Irving. Uh, he ends up getting his debut win. The, first, the coolest thing about Garrison was he won the S2 championship on the Pro Tour in 2014. So he comes back four years later after doing a bunch of tag racing. To, in his debut, ends up winning at the Winter Nationals. An awesome run for Garrison. Uh, other drivers, of course, David up front. Billy Musgrave was essentially the top challenger to A.J. Myers throughout the weekend. A couple of podium finishes uh, for Billy on the Illuminos chassis. And then Nick LaDuke coming forward as well. Uh, last year's Spring Nationals winner coming forward on Sunday for a third-place finish. Like Ryan Norberg not having the best weekend, the defending champion in S1, Jake French, really didn't have a stellar weekend as well. Uh, was able to come back to the podium, uh, but again, tough one for Jake, not really having you know, really the outing I think he was looking for. No, this was the first time uh, Jake finished off the podium at a pro tour race since the Saturday round of the summer nationals in 2016. So that was a long streak for French uh, of being on the podium. And that included the, uh, the super nets, both super nets in 2016 and 2017 as well. So, you know, eventually it was going to come. You just didn't know when, and, and, you know, they're going to bounce back because, you know, the French, both Jake and his dad, Mark work hard at what they do. And, and, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be back for, for spring nets for sure. Moving into S2, uh, Pedro Lopez for Rawlson Performance Group, perfect at NOLA Motorsports Park in the Winter Nationals. He really was the guy to beat all weekend long in the S2 category. Uh, photo finish with Matt Pesh on Saturday, and then he you know, proceeded to walk away on Sunday. Uh, Pesh did get penalized on Sunday after a good finish again for passing under yellow, which dropped him down. But let's give some props to, to Cameron Egger. <laughs> I saw a race last year at 206. The boy gets off the couch. I don't think he did any working out, but I'm not sure if he even lost any weight. But, you know, out of the box, comes out with a couple of great finishes. Uh, two podiums for Cameron Egger. Kid can wheel it, no doubt about that. Well, he, you know, he's probably the most experienced S2 driver that was in the field. <laughs> um, so, you know, he has a lot of shifter experience. So we kind of knew he was going to be there. We just quite, you know, like you said, we weren't quite sure about his endurance because that 1.1 mile track, I mean, I'm not going to name any names, but it, it kind of beat up some other people we know that, that wanted to sit that wanted to sit out. So, no, I think, uh, you know, I think Ager, you know, with with his performance there in NOLA, you know, the, the Phoenix track, it's going to be hot and it's going to be nasty. And so I think, you know, over the next two months, I, I hope he puts the focus in because he could be a, a, a potential winner uh, in Phoenix with with the knowledge that he has and the experience he has. You know, I like that. I like you dropping the hammer like that because I think, yeah, I think if Cameron you know, put some focus on, we know, like you said, Dave, long racetrack at, at NOLA, uh, 20 laps was a distance. I think Phoenix probably more physically demanding, even though even though everybody told us that NOLA was physically and mentally demanding. 17 different corners. You really had to really be on your game the whole time. I think Phoenix is that challenge of, uh, we're, it's going to be hot. We know it's, it's it's the first of May. We could get 85. We could get 105. So it's going to be hot there. Track's going to grip up. It's going to be a, it's going to be a test. If Edgar can dial things in and really kind of commit to it, this there's an opportunity for him to take a run at the championship here this this year. So we'll see what happens with Cameron. But nonetheless, 
give him a check mark for a fantastic run uh, in New Orleans. We will cap off S2, the semi-pro category, with a shout-out to a fantastic run for Devin Smith-Harden for TB Cart Indy, his first pro tour podium on that TB Cart. Actually, whole TB Cart team had a good time uh, this particular weekend, but but you know, hats off to Devin for turning things up from Saturday to get on the podium on Sunday. And it and it almost and, didn't happen because sh- I believe the sh- the shifter linkage broke as he was coming around the last corner, stuck in what I believe was what third gear. I believe I think he said third gear. So last lap, I think last lap, the last, last lap corner. I thought, gear. yeah. So he got very very lucky. Uh, but you know, congrats to him. And and one more about Ager, you know, that, that RPG driver development, they, they work on their off track stuff. So we'll see what happens there. I'm going to beat him down for sure. <laughs> Just like I do on the basketball court. There it is. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> Dude, you're just dropping them. I like it. Uh, S4 and S4 Supermasters. We get ready to cap off uh, the race report from the Winter Nationals. Uh, out of the box, David, honestly, I think you and I both believed that Jordan Muster was going to sweep the weekend. He looks so good on Friday and in, in, throughout Friday in, in practice. Puts the car on the pole. Wins the pre-final on Saturday. Was walking away to the Saturday race win. Broken rear bumper. Uh, from the pictures we saw, it looks like a part failure. Looks like it potentially just wasn't welded the way it probably should have been. Um, he ends up losing the victory and hands it over to Jimmy McNeil, former two-time champion in the S4 category, who edges out 2006 champion Ryan Kinnear for the win. Sunday, we, you know, what's going to happen? Muster's going to come back and lay it down to win, right? Didn't happen, did it? No, Kinnear, you know, jumping over to the DKC Sodi Cart tent, it, it no testing. He hadn't raced since hadn't been in a cart probably since Supernats, I believe, is what he told us. So That's what he said. That's uh, what he said basically yeah. took Thursday, Friday, Saturday to to get ready for Sunday. And Sunday he came out and definitely showed that uh, he's going to give uh, Musser and the rest of the field a lot of uh, competition. Yeah, good run for Ben Shermerhorn as well, able to uh, get onto the podium on Saturday, and both Evan Bat and Nathan Stewart adding to the mix. They were really good additions to the program, each placing fourth on uh, their respective days, Saturday and Sunday. Let's go to Supermaster now to cap off of the race report. Just, man, you know what? Awesome battles all weekend long. That's what we love about these Masters categories, because there is the race respect. Uh, you know, there is that race craft we're looking for, and but they race hard, and the passion for the sport is obviously still there. Uh John Crow sweeping the first day to get his uh, first Scusa Pro Tour victory. Uh, Mike Jones, national number two, who had won the pre-final, actually got a five-second penalty for a very visible jump start. No. <laughs> yep, yeah, uh, a 15-second or 10-second creep. It was, it, was uh, not, it was not that visible. Come on. <laughs> I think they, I think they I think somebody- it from the, uh, from the SCCA race, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, there was a corner worker over at the SCCA race a mile away that, that called that creep. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, never mind. I'm, I'm not going to say it. Um, <laughs> he ended up finishing second in, in the race, though, uh, ahead of two-time defending champion Robert Marks. Marks came back on Sunday, though, wins the pre-final and wins the pre wins the pole and the pre-final. Got to give it up for the old man. I'll tell you, Marks just—he's got no quit in him. I love that. Uh, no, right? no quit as a, at least of, on this year because he, he kind of mentioned on the podium that he might be getting too old for this shit. So, I, you know, I really don't. Well, what if we have super well, supermasters? We could do that. <laughs> we could do that, but yeah. Anyway, I, hopefully, you know, he said what he's fifty-seven now. So I, I hope he can go another yeah. three years and make it to sixty years old. That'd be really cool to see. Yes. I love that too. Anyways, yeah, so in the race itself, though, 
Marks ends up rolling back into third. Uh, Mike, uh, Mike Jones and, and John Crow pull away for the battle. And, you know, we're expecting, hey, you know what? This is going to be this great battle between Jones and Crow. In the end, it doesn't happen. Jones really was just, he was just absolutely perfect on Sunday. He was, you know, it was a great recovery from, from his little mistake he made on Saturday. So, and, and, and I thought he had won last year, but this was his first pro tour win. So add that to the super Nats win, you know, Jones (laughs) is now two for three in the last three races. So it's pretty good. Yeah. Phoenix should be interesting. Again, that is the wrap up. That's the race report brought to you by the Mazda road to Indy presented by Cooper tires, David. Let's cap this thing off. This was a long one. We're already past, uh, whatever, over a minute, minute. I mean, an hour long. This has been a good good broadcast. Uh, let's do the ECAN trackside live race calendar because you and I are going to be hitting the road again. We have about a week off. Well, I'm actually, as I, as we talk, I'm here in St. Petersburg for the uh, the Verizon IndyCar Series opener and the Mazda Road to Indy opener this weekend. So let's have a look where you and I are going. The EKN trackside live race calendar brought to you by Bell Racing USA we got a double header on the March 23rd, 24th weekend, David. I'm uh, in Texas at Al Rudolph's Speed Sports Racing Park in North Houston. The Texas Pro Car Challenge gets underway. You, you're heading to Mooresville. Mooresville, baby. Uh, yeah, ready for the uh, WKA Manufacturers Cup Series. Getting back into action, uh, having been off since the Daytona Kart Week back in December. So it'll be good, uh, be good to go back to Race City USA in the first of two stops this year. Uh, actually, yeah, you're back at it. I actually get a weekend off. You're heading to the USPKS, the United States Pro Kart Series opener in Ocala Grand Prix. We did Ocala once this year. You know where to eat now. It's pizza, burgers. I've told you about it, dude. It's, it's, you're going to enjoy it. I'll be mapped out. Definitely good on the food uh, situation <laughs> down there. And there's Waffle House, too. I, yeah, I, Waffle House and then the uh, hospitality by George and his staff down there will be uh, would be great to go back down there because I haven't been down there in uh, probably – what nine years i think 2009 that's uh april the uh 6th 7th and 8th and then the following weekend you and i will reconvene up in sonoma california it'll be in and out all day uh challenging the americas the finale uh, up in sonoma california sim raceway performance karting center the rock cup program uh gained a little ground from round one to round number two with rock cup getting their regional program going up there they're kind of their club program at sonoma going i think next weekend uh, they're potentially going to have some more drivers come out to run as well. But David, you and I back to back to Sonoma for for the Challenge of the Americas finale. That's another great area where we can get some good food, some good wine for those who like wine and like me. And that race, and in that race, you know, being the finale, it's great because we're going to see the uh, the championships decided, and we're going to see uh, who's going to be heading to uh, the Rock Cup International Final. Uh, with all the uh, rock classes getting tickets to go to uh, Italy in October. Elbows up. Time to win a championship. Hopefully we'll see some good racecraft there as well. Okay, Dave, let's wrap up the uh, this edition of the debrief. The Scusa Winter Nationals kicking off the 2018 Scusa Pro Tour. All in all, I thought it, was, I thought it really was a great event. You look, oh, the event itself, the track, the excitement, some amazing racing. We had new winners. Those are the positives you can check off. There was some negatives, obviously. There was you know, X thirty junior was just it was just a mess again. The, the chaos, the starting, the starts, the wrecks, just lack of racecraft. That's something that's going to be a topic of its own. But if you pull that out, overall a pretty good race weekend with really some tremendous racing 
in a, in a lot of the categories. Micro, so good. X30 Master. Uh, the S4 classes were strong. Some good, you know, two-driver battles up front and some drivers understanding more race strategy in terms of pulling away. Uh, for me, there's just lots of great stuff to check off. Without a doubt. And, and adding to that, um, other than S2, I think a lot of the uh, categories have a good mix of championship contenders. So, uh, you know, as we head to the spring nationals, we're going to be looking that, at that a little bit more uh, in the week or two prior to that event. So, uh, you know, I, because anytime, every time you're going to the uh, pro tour race, you're always thinking about championship. And especially for those who were so successful at NOLA, you know, the spring Nats is just going to be that next step towards putting themselves in the hunt by the time we head to Newcastle. Yeah, essentially a month away from the Spring Nationals in Phoenix. It is the first weekend of May. I'm going to start wishing and crossing my fingers for a May <laughs> cold snap in Phoenix. And by cold snap, I mean 85. Well, yeah. No, 85, 90 is good. It's when they get up to 100 and 105. That's when that's when you don't want to be there. And, you know, the only – David, the only pr- – the only problem, David, is in our announcer's tower where we'll be setting up the Cooper Tire Broadcast Center. I sit right underneath the air conditioning vents. I'm going to have I'm going to have a hat, a sweater, a blanket, a, a toque, pants, a scarf. And I got to walk outside in a hundred toque, a scarf. Yeah, it's God. It's good. We got to figure something out. That that uh, that air vent hits me right on top of my head. You're such it's a freezing. you've been a whiner about this cold stuff, man. Dude, it's it's cold. It's just cold. I think you can handle it. You know, you know what you need you know to what? do? You need to Never get mind. out of the chair and actually do some stretching and exercising or just go outside and announce. Wireless mic. Done. We'll put you put your we're gonna put your butt outside. I'm gonna sit inside. <laughs> yeah. On top of the uh, on top of the scoring container, like a skillet pan. <laughs> Toss a little butter down there and saute me. All right. Anyways, well, you, you don't quite you don't quite have a tan yet, so maybe that might be a listen, good time to start. Listen, Frosty, uh, the, you were the whitest person at the race this past weekend. You know that, right? I know. Now I'm the reddest. You were, sta- you were standing <laughs> one of the corners, and the kid wanted to pull off because figured it was the last lap because he saw your white, white flag lap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At least, at least, pretty you, bad. at least you didn't make a mistake calling the white flag lap as the checker flag lap. I did not. That would be you. That would be you. And I can't wait. I'm going to be editing all the uh, race clips from, from this weekend tomorrow. I'm going to cut that right out. And I'm going to put it up on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And be like the greatest of all time, the Velvet Fog, Rob Howden calling the white flag lap. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll cap off this edition of the episode of the EKN Debrief by asking you to send in your resumes. If you'd like to be the new managing editor of ecardingnews.com. Or Howden at HowdenMediaGroup.com. It's not that hard of a job. Even David can do it. Uh, even a monkey can do it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> David, thank you so much, buddy. That was, it was a great weekend. We had, uh, again, away from the track, some awesome food, great pizza. One of the best burgers I've ever had in New Orleans. If you haven't been there, Company Burger. How good was that? It was amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm scoping out other different burger places. I went to one here in, in town on the way back. So got, it wasn't quite the company burger uh, level, but it was all right. Uh, so now, so now every time we go down to NOLA, we, uh, we definitely have our eats with Moe's pizza. We got the company burger. Yeah. And then Saturday we just roam the paddock for uh, gumbo and, and all that other type of <laughs> that's right. that's food. That's down it was there. good. Hey, 
And I also went to Ancora Pizza on Sunday night. I was trying to go back to the, the other location for a company burger, but I ended up at Ancora Pizza, a full uh, Neapolitan pizza place, wood-fired oven. That was badass. That was, again, that's another one that we can check off as well. Well, you know, I, I think we'll have to start doing the previews going into here, telling guys where to eat. I, or, you know what? No. I don't want anybody no, eating where we they, eat, Dave. If they I don't, don't listen to, to the podcast, then it's their own yes. fault for not knowing where to go eat. I do not want to have to stand in line because someone's eating at our place. Does that no, sound good? All right. If they want to eat with us, if they want to eat there, they got to eat with us. Well, you know what? It was a good edition of the uh, the podcast here, folks, here on the EKN Radio Network. We added a bunch of minutes with Dave and I spouting off about racecraft and uh, pushback bumper. That is going to spurn its own podcast likely next week. We're going to get things dialed in. It'll be that next week or the week after. We're going to uh, kind of get a couple people together and do a podcast just on racecraft and just on pushback and just what it takes to be a, a driver. We have a series coming out as well on the on, on EKN. I've got some veteran drivers, some well-respected drivers that are going to write their thoughts on the art of racecraft. Look for that coming up on ecardingnews.com. On behalf of David Cole, folks, my name is Rob Howden. Thank you for joining us for another EKN Debrief here on the EKN Radio Network.